Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Alrighty, welcome back to another episode, another episode of The Milk Run, but it is a special episode today because we are joined with Australian podcast royalty. If Efra I do Bong? say so. No, no not you. No. Tell me uh, you, you. You're still just, what's the word? A squire. Premature. Oh. No, a not squire? that one. A squire. What is a squire? It's like a, someone who like is a servant to a knight. But anyways, we digress already Excuse five me? seconds in. <laughs> yes, sorry. Yes. We are joined today with uh, Renee Bennett, the host yes. of the Girl Next Door podcast. Yes. Hello, Hello Renee. Renee. Boys, this is a pleasure. Oh, the pleasure's all ours. Yes. Um, we went next door. Yeah, well, that's it. You we, went next door. We came door. next door. And uh, now we're here. I have been on your podcast a couple times, Renee. You have, and you've been very well listened to. Well, sometimes, sometimes, well, I came on the first time I talked about love. And then Ugh. I think, well, you need to take some tips from that one. Sorry. But, but then yeah, the next time I came back, I was talking about demonic stuff. Oh, wow. Like it's like demonic yes. I love it. And then it just kept <laughs> digressing because the next time I came on, I was talking about aliens. That's right. Yes. And so it's yes, gone from were. a kind of a respectable topic that and, people yeah. take me seriously. Yeah. Now I'm the alien guy. But I'm okay with that. But it's such an well, honour to have you, Pastor Renee. For yeah. those of you who don't know, um, Renee is more than just a podcast ho- host. She is a pastor. Um, she is one of the national directors of Youth Alive Australia, which is absolutely amazing. And so many cool things we talked about on an episode before. Yeah, um, um, Renee's been a big part of our lives. Of our lives as I well. I heard that episode. I was I was here right in this room ironing going, do, do. It was so nice. <laughs> Some tears. So... It's, nice. it's honestly amazing to have you and what an absolute pleasure and honour yes. it is. A lot of people probably don't know that you have a story um, when it comes to fatherlessness and, and kind of a story with, mm. your, with your family and, and kind of how that plays out. And it's always funny because you look at your life now, um, happily married, mm. uh, beautiful children who are so amazing and respectful mm. um i mean Thanks, guys you it's got true. you guys you know you guys are what i would imagine in my mind what a godly family looks like mm. um and, and every episode we talk about um you know the nuclear family it's like your family would be the family that I would have in mind you know what mm. i mean when i think about that, is that. True. but that wasn't the way that you were brought up um and so that to me is just amazing Crazy. right out the gate yeah. um that the who you are now is so far removed mm-hmm. from the journey that you went through in the beginning so today we would love to i guess hear your story and um and a bit about that but first of all for everyone who listens to us who may not listen to the girl next door podcast can you introduce yourself tell us a little bit about you tell us about what yeah. you do what are you doing at the moment in the world and yeah Introduce yourself. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Introduce myself. Okay. So uh, the podcast has been going for about three years. That's just my side hustle, by the way. That's kind of like a little thing I do on the side, but it does take up a lot of time. Uh, so my podcast started as a space for girls in leadership, but it kind of morphed into talking about cultural issues, especially from a biblical kind of worldview, because it is crazy the times that we're living in. So, so you're telling me the Bible has something to say about culture? Look, just a little bit. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. And look, apparently I'm a little bit controversial, but I would say no. And majority of people that message me are like, you're the only one in Australia talking about it as from like as being a leader that is mm. um so yeah anyway so that's that but yeah we run youth alive lead pastor with Cameron of public church mm-hmm. we just handed over Queensland youth alive to Isaiah and really the other like Renee yeah, he's a cool guy. you guys are still part of that which is amazing mm. um yeah married 25 years yeah wow Wh- what's um what's your guys wedding anniversary January 3rd Oh, so it's coming up. Book that yeah. in. We need to get them like yeah. chocolates or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's very thoughtful of you. That's really thoughtful of you. So how many years, sorry? 25. Oh, 25 25. Years. So we got That's engaged. Fantastic. No, we, we dated in March, engaged in September, married in January. Oh, wow. Wow. So in under a year. Yeah. It's and I'd a, only bam, known bam, him bam. for two years. Wow. Yeah. So you just knew he was the one? hundred percent because when cam tells the story he he uh, he tells it like he knew you were the one mm. yeah you know? yeah so he's like he's not for a long time for a long time <laughs> yeah, in denial but eventually he got there. yeah yeah so which is quite wild considering the background that i kind of you know grew up in so yeah so so being being here now in all the things that i'm doing to me is still crazy because mm. and it's Part of the reason I called my podcast The Girl Next Door is because I really am just the ordinary girl that grew up in a average suburb in Adelaide, mm. South Australia and grew up in a single parent home. Uh, my mum got married twice, divorced twice. Mm. So it is crazy that my life is looking how it looks now. Can I just say, Renee, um, I don't know how you come up with these names. Like, no, literally, <laughs> there, there's been a few times, even at our church or youth, um, oh, that, totally. you, that you've called, you, you brought in like um, a, a name for the, yeah, like series event, or, or the... for, even for Youth Alive. I um, love, that's what, actually what I love doing. I'm like, how, how the heck do you come up with this stuff? I studied writing. Oh, Not a lot of people know yeah. that. Yeah. I actually studied teaching oh. and then writing. And my dad's actually an artist. So there's a lot of creativity Pretty, in my family. Yeah. I know. And a lot of people don't know that. But anyway. And so that was a bad amazing. intro. I didn't really intro myself. No, that no, was fantastic. So it's good to know um, kind so of some of the background. Amazing. I think, um, yeah, obviously, again, seeing your life and seeing the fruit of your life um, is just absolutely amazing. I think it's a story that needs to get out there, especially to the fatherless generation that it doesn't matter where you've come from or the, sit- 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 <laughs> the situation. Did you swear? I was trying to say situation. This isn't one of those podcasts. <laughs> I, I was trying to say situation. But to be fair, it could also be said the other way that I did say it. doesn't matter what crap you come from. Let's not onto that. But uh, <laughs> it, it, you, can't, yeah. you are in control of your own destiny. Yeah, that's good. You are. Mm. That is one so true. One of our previous episodes that we've just done was about um, breaking the... I guess generation cycles, right? the generational yeah. cycles and how you have a decision right now yeah. to make a difference and it doesn't have to perpetuate. So wow. mm-hmm. without any further ado, I would love Please. to hear your story. Can you just walk us through um, kind of the, your whole journey? What was it like? Um, how did you walk it out and how did you come to be where you are right now? That is a massive question. That's well, we'll, wow. we'll kind of stop yeah. it. We'll go through you it. Stop, you know, we'll, you stop we'll stop me. and have a look, and we'll dive into the rabbit hole. It's like a song. Stop. Yeah. Did, did it, what's that song? I don't anyway. know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know that song? In my no. head. No. Uh, I mean, yeah. Look, and I don't. 
I don't think I've ever actually told my story from beginning to end. Maybe, maybe once in South Australia when I did a conference for um, for Youth Alive in SA. Um, but it's probably not something I share. Also, to my family are all still alive and around yep. you know what i mean so there's kind of like how much can you say totally. but still be yeah. respectful totally. um so but basically when i was three so grew up in adelaide i've got a, a sister who's older than me and we were not christians and i was three and my dad and my mum sat us down at the dining table in our little suburb with a house we just built actually and you remember this yes i do and you were three Yes, I, I yeah, remember. Wow. I just remember. A sn- yeah, it's. I don't know when memories start. I've got a. I've got tiny snippets mm. of the time. I think when you're that young, you have like little snippets. I have a right? memory um, from when I was a baby of peeing on my grandma. <laughs> and that I I am not kidding. Really? That is a literal what? memory. I can literally see it in my brain if I remember back. And that story is corroborated by my family. It did happen. Really? And and I was a baby, baby. Really? But that's a, that's like one of the only memories. Sorry. That is a Sorry, bizarre yeah. memory to have. Yeah. But it's the one I've got. Your poor grandmother. I, 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 I hope I that was one. accidental. Um, <laughs> I, I think I was a baby. So what's your Sorry, one? no, but I, I just remember one now, just thinking of it. Um, I was in Asia, surprisingly. Yeah. And oh. then... Um, <laughs> Expects a reaction. Are you my, Asian or something? Yeah. My, <laughs> I didn't know that. My... Um, anyways... So we, so mom, so the the shopping centers right are huge over there, mm-hmm. massive. And long story short, my nanny lost me, and I remember this whole situation. Like you got it, lost it, in the shopping. Yeah, center. and I was like vibing, but my mom was like freaking out because I thought I was I, I've been child trafficked or something. <laughs> well, you yeah, you probably missed yeah. out just by the skin of your teeth on that one. Anyway, so yes, we digress again. So you were three <laughs> sitting down at the dining room table in a house that you had just built. Yeah, yes, and then uh, my my dad says, um, "I don't love mummy anymore." That's all mm. I remember. I do remember that. Yeah, wow. And I don't remember an awful lot after that i remember i do remember sitting at my dad's feet i don't know if this was before or after that and i bit his toe i know let's talk about weird memories (laughs) i bit his toe really really hard and i remember were you angry at him i must have been i think my mum and dad were fighting yeah i wasn't an angry kid like if you know my nature i'm actually very quiet by nature I know you guys see me talking all the time, but I'm actually <laughs> mm. quiet, pretty shy. I bit his toe and I remember him having to put it in a Tupperware container of ice cold water. Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think it was because they Go were arguing day. and I wanted them to stop. Mm. And so when you're a kid, you can't process what's going on. Yeah. You just know something. Just hear screaming and yeah. Yeah, totally. So anyway, so next thing I know... My dad's gone. I can't mm. remember much else. Um, I, my mum does say that we were standing at the window when he left. And my sister, oh. this is really sad. My sister was just crying at the window going, Daddy, please come back. Please come oh, back. Oh. I know. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I can't remember that. I do remember my dad coming back to visit. And I remember him sitting us on his knee. And I remember thinking he's got really red eyes. Why has dad got red eyes? But you can't process it when you're that yeah, little. Sure. So... Later, I remember. I'm like, he had red eyes because he was crying. Mm. Um, but I don't remember him ever being emotional other than that. Um, and so it was a pretty horrible... I mean, look, there's just so many memories that I've got. Mm. But at the same time, our neighbours were Christians. And they went to the Uniting Church up the road. And so they invited my mom and my sister and me to come. 
mm. to church. And so that's how we started getting involved in church. But they were seriously became like our family. Yeah. That's mm. where we got saved. Um, I remember, I do remember my mum calling out in the middle of a church service and going, please help me. My marriage is falling apart. I need help. Something to those words. Mm. And I just remember wow. looking and thinking, is this like, should she be speaking right now? Um, so my mum didn't cope very well. She had a lot of um, emotional issues. Um, she had a couple of nervous breakdowns at the time. Mm. So as a kid, again, you don't understand that. So we had good family around us. We had my uncle that lived around the corner. So that was all mm. good. But there was a lot of tension growing up between mm. my mum and dad. And honestly, there's so many things I could tell you. Like my mum and dad would punish each other by doing weird things. Like my dad would come and half paint the front door and then leave the paint pot there so that like that was his way of saying to my mum well the door needs painting so I'll do my half now you do your half (laughs) just stuff like really petty stuff like that or um when my dad would come and visit us because he moved to Sydney he would come and visit me and he would tell my my sister and I like we'd be playing on the school oval and the fences weren't high and I would see dad there and Mm. I'd be like oh this isn't lunch hour and so I would go to the fence and be like hey dad and dad would be like I'm going to take you girls to lunch and so he would. And I remember I would be sick to my gut because I in knew that we weren't... In the middle of the school day? In the middle of the school was, day. Was this just, allowed? Well, no one ever knew. What? I, I don't know. Like now there would be like yeah. a school shutdown, right? But I remember in my heart I knew it was wrong. Mm. And I remember him taking us to a Chinese restaurant. Come on. Honey chicken. <laughs> oh, wow. I love I had honey that. chicken. That's yes. So I remember eating lunch <laughs> and, and th- just thinking to myself... What's the time? What's the time? Like, what if my class go back and I'm not there? And I just felt sick. And I remember eating just to hurry up and eat, but I felt ill. I didn't want to eat. And Mm. then he'd drop us back and it was just as the bell was ringing and I just legged it back Mm. to class. Things like that would happen all the time. Mm. So did did you... So, okay, this may be a silly question, but did you feel guilty because he was there or did you feel guilty because um, you kind of left school and essentially wagged that is actually a really good question kids from broken home feel guilty about everything Mm. so i felt guilty about all of it i felt i felt guilty that he wanted to spend time with me there and then so i felt responsible to go and have lunch with him Mm. i felt guilty that my mum wouldn't know that we were leaving the school and i had no way to tell her and i felt guilty that i was leaving the school never once did i think i thought the whole thing was my responsibility Mm. that I I had to do the right thing by everyone so that was my childhood my dad had another girlfriend when I was I remember being about five um, in Adelaide that was Um, and so I remember she had a horse and she we would go and (laughs) would be I I love horses but I remember we went out to see the horse with her and the horse bit her hand and again I remember (laughs) thinking sucked in but in my five-year-old brain like I remember thinking, I'm glad the horse bit her. Now, I'm not, I was not, I was not a nasty kid, right? Like, I was yeah. not a nasty Jeez. kid. But the fact that I felt that, yeah. I knew, I just, I couldn't process big adult feelings mm. in, a, in a kid brain. For sure. And so, my dad then moved to Sydney. Um, and so, he would drive back every couple of weeks, like drive from Sydney back to Adelaide to come and visit. Drive from drive. Sydney to Adelaide? Yeah. What's the distance in that? It would take, I mean, back then, we'd have to go through all the towns like Gundawindi and the oh see days. the dog and the dog. So, it'd, I don't know, 
20 hours, 20 yeah, something sounds hours. sounds about right. That's yeah. crazy for me. Driving for 20 hours. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't. So he'd come back yeah. and see us and uh, and then uh, holidays we would fly there. Mm. So I went on a plane from about the age of six by myself with my sister. Even that, they're just so many memories. Like I remember flying by myself and being petrified. Mm. Like you're in the air on this big plane by yourself. I, I was exactly the same. You're the same? Maybe about seven years old or somewhere there, I was flying by myself to and from Brisbane from Townsville. Right. Yeah, just yeah. by myself on a plane to go and see it's my dad. weird. Yeah, it is. Even the thought of it now, right? Yeah, it's so strange. And it depends on your personality. My personality was very much I didn't like change and I, I felt the safest with routine. Mm. And because because my routine was constantly being thrown out the window mm. and I'm being put in situations where I didn't feel secure and safe like a 60-year-old by yourself and I really struggled with, with that. So I find – I still find airports emotional. Mm. The kids think Somewhat. I'm wacky. Yeah. Mm. Like I will I will sit in an airport and observe people. Cameron's, Cameron thinks I'm the weirdest person because I make up stories about everyone because I just watch them and like <laughs> yeah. I see when people are upset to be going, I, I notice kids, mm. I see other kids going on planes and I'm like, they're going to visit a parent, I can tell or like yeah, like yeah. I find, because for me it was always a place of goodbyes. Yeah, well, I was mm. saying goodbye to my dad to go back to see my mum or I was saying, my, saying goodbye to my mum to go see my dad and either way I'm leaving one of them on their own. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so then when I was 12, my mum got remarried. Um, it was very quick. It was a guy from our church whose wife had died from a brain tumour and they had two adopted kids. So all of a sudden... Whoa. Yeah, all of a sudden. And, and my mum also, by the way, had a lot of different boyfriends yeah. too, like on the way. And I, I hated that. There was just this... Mm. Yeah. Constant array of new people that I'm like, yes. Which I think we'll talk about in the next episode, what mm. all this does to your little brain. Yeah. But, um, you know, even the fact that all these adults would have kids of their own. Mm. I remember one one of her boyfriend's daughters came to visit and stole my chocolate Easter eggs out the fridge. I'm still angry from that. It's not <laughs> okay, crazy. guys. What? <laughs> yes. Who does that? I know. <laughs> no, but I, I, I can um, – very similar things. Mum's boyfriends had their own kids and it was always weird. Mm. It was yes. never not weird until yeah. mum started dating her now partner. They've been together for like 10 plus years. Mm -hmm. um, his kids, um, was his kids, are like they're part of the family. Like mm. it's, they were never, it was never weird with them. Yeah. Mm. Um, I guess that just goes to show just how right yeah. it, it was for mum and was at a start seeing each other. Together, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I remember boyfriend's mum had, when we were growing up, Man, it was just it's weird. So strange. Yeah. So weird. And I I've said in another episode as well, um, the one I did with my brother, every single boyfriend mum had I wanted to punch in the face. Yeah. Every single one. Mm. Um, except for Waza. Yeah. Uh but it's all just very interesting. I feel like you build in expectations. Oh, again, we'll probably go into the next episode, mm. um, where oh, all right, this this person may be in my life forever or they may Yeah. Th tomorrow they might not even be there. Yeah. In most I'm, cases, yeah. it was tomorrow. They're not yeah, going to be no, there because sure. they were yeah. all dirtbags. Because <laughs> I remember one scenario for myself that um, this one man had a kid and we were like, we're going to be brothers forever, literally the next day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> from brothers oh, no. to nothing. Like, and we were <laughs> yes. like, yeah. But yeah. You, we, could, we 
he was white and I was Asian. There's no way we could, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> get along. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Sorry, Renee. Yes. No, no. No, I remember, like, I feel like I'm jumping, but if I go chronologically, my mom had this boyfriend that she was going to marry. Hmm. And I remember he was, he was actually a doctor as well. And, like, I hate, can't stand doctors anyway. So, like, I was like, no. And she sat us down and said to my sister and I, do you, um, what do you think, girls, if I marry so-and-so? And we both burst into tears. Mm. And so she was like, oh, okay. So she broke up with him. Thank the Lord. My dad got remarried when I was 10. Um, maybe 10, maybe 9. Maybe it was 9, 9 or 10. And she wasn't that much older. Well, she was older than me, but she was a lot younger than my dad. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was weird. And we weren't invited to the wedding. Oh, that is. Yeah. And I still can't work out. If that was because dad says because it would be too hard for us, I think maybe we weren't wanted there. And then they had two more girls. And so that was that was difficult. Like I love them. They're my half-sisters and I, I really love them. But they were treated really differently to my sister and I. So there's just so many things that you – that there are inconsistencies that just tell you I don't belong anywhere. Mm. I don't fully belong with my mom because she's married to this other guy and I had a stepbrother and a stepsister and I don't fully belong with my dad because he's now married mm. and they've got a family and as much as they would try and include us, well, they didn't take my sister and I to Disneyland, mm. you know. We weren't sure. given a big sack full of Christmas presents at Christmas. They were. Mm. So it's just this constant rejection, mm. even though I know they didn't mean to. But that's how you read it as a kid. Totally. I can imagine. Like, and just so many things that are so similar to even my upbringing mm. as well. Like, uh, yeah. I, when you were telling your story, I remember this one time, the first time I saw my mum kiss someone. Gross. Broke my yeah. heart. Yeah. Right. right. I, I was shattered. Uh, For sure. I still, like, I haven't even really thought about that. Maybe the reasons why I was, but I remember mm. that night I saw them, like, um, kiss and hug and like because we were all swimming in the pool mm. as a family and like um you know they had been seeing each other for a while so it's weird to even say it out loud but you know they were kind of like um hanging off each other type thing in the pool this right? wasn't was a no 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 okay i was like um, no no and, and this guy <laughs> i didn't like this guy there's just something about him yeah anyways uh, and yeah that was a really strange sort of thing but it is it's like where do you fit because mm. i don't even have a single full sibling all of my no, siblings are, are half siblings. Mm. And so we all, um, I think we all grow up in mum's house. So it's kind of like that for us is like that stable environment where we all feel like we belonged mm. at some point. Um, but then so you would then, have no family photo of your biological straight family. Like I don't. I don't no. I've got no photo of my mum, my dad, my sister mm. and me. Yeah, yeah. No. My history is erased. That's yep. true. I, I mean, I think that's you wouldn't, what we all you relate wouldn't. to. Yeah, no. Um, I yeah, mean, okay. I, I only from 15 and on because of my stepdad. But if we're talking about our... Biological. Bio, yeah, there's no way. I've never even seen him, you know, yeah. so... Yep, um, and, and that's it. We've I've got I've got photos um, with my dad laying around somewhere and then mm. I've got photos with my yeah, mum and, and my brothers there. But And it's always just been mum and the boys in the, in the photos, you mm. know what I mean? Mm. So, and that's right, your history is... But how true is it that, like, um, kids really do have the biggest sense of an adult? 
um even at work we say be yourself otherwise they can smell you yeah. um yeah but it's yeah. True. they do they know they, what's they going do. on and we yeah. knew well you're right you knew what was yeah. happening since you were little well, yeah. yeah i mean you bit your dad's toe because you understood totally. he was sure. leaving you know um well, totally. like if a person isn't the right one you're like oh. yeah you're you're right you yeah. horrible know. feeling um it's just uh it's so interesting and it's like this this it's multi-layered there's so mm. many layers layer mm. upon layer upon mm. layer of things you could go mm. into um mm. so basically then your whole life up until now it's never been i guess consistent or together it's been different there's been families on either side there's been different relationships so mm. um where kind of has it been that way all into adulthood yeah so um so then when my mum got remarried um then I had my stepdad my half sister my sorry my stepsister my stepbrother so and we'll, we'll talk about this more in the next episode the effect that that has on every aspect of your life for the rest of your life mm. um but then I think what happened for me that was really, really pivotal was we went from the Uniting Church I grew up in, which I loved. It was so the perfect place for my childhood. But then I moved to another church, which used to be called Paradise. And they, in my teenage years, I, I found a really, um, a relationship with God that was really alive mm. for me. And I found people who became my spiritual mum and dad who were like my actual mum and dad, really. Mm. And I just found a place where I could belong that mm. helped with everything everything that was going on. So in my personal life, my mum and my stepdad were starting to fight a lot. When I was in year 10, my mum took us and we left. And for the whole winter, I remember we lived in the granny flat of a lady around the corner. Mm. I hated it. Mm, I, I, yeah. I would say looking back, I probably was depressed mm, really yeah. um i'm glad we didn't have i'm actually glad we didn't have a label for it yeah mm. i think if i was given a label when i was a kid i would have been given the label of having anxiety and probably some depression mm. but because i was not given the label it it i realized it was just attached to a season mm. of my life and but but i remember we were freezing cold this lady wasn't very nice i had to share a bed with my mum yeah, well, um yeah. you know it, it really was just this horrible re on repeat of being freezing cold eating dinner at this lady's table who really didn't like us but so i don't know why she let us be there and then going to bed sleeping getting up putting on my school uniform and going to school and then i can't even remember how long we were there for maybe a few months and then we moved back and i'm like thank the lord but the stuff that went on mm. in my household, you wouldn't even believe it if I told you. It is mm. literally crazy. The situation, the fighting um, between my mom and my step-siblings, it was just crazy. Wow. Yeah, there was sure. – um, my dad would threaten to um, – he would, like, hang a noose up in the garage and threaten to take his life. Now, he wasn't going to do it, but he just didn't know what else to do. It Because two-thirds of, of second marriages don't work out. Mm. Um, and so that was my entire teenage years. And then I met Cameron when I was uh, – so I, I went to uni – I was very determined to make a life for myself that I wanted mm. that didn't look like what I'd grown up in. And so I went to uni, I studied teaching and I just went straight into full-time work, loved it. And then met Cameron and yeah, that was the beginning of the wow. best years of my life. How old were you when you met Cameron? 
I was 21, just turning 22. I was probably 22 actually. And you finished uni at that point? Yeah, I'd been work- when I met when I married Cameron, I'd been working full-time as a teacher. I finished uni when I was 19. Yeah, wow. Wow. Yeah. Straight into Very it. young. Straight into yeah. it, a full-time job when I just turned 20. So yeah, I'd been full-time teaching for 2 years wow. when I met Cameron. And so, what do you yeah. think um in terms of your you know, being brought up in that sort of environment where mm. I guess the uh, normal family dynamic was completely mm. destroyed, mm. for lack of a better word. We've all mm. experienced mm. that. What was probably uh, a couple of, one or a couple of the biggest ways that um, that it affected you growing up? I've got like literally a list. Yeah, maybe just one or two <laughs> and we can touch episode. on more. Yeah, yeah, we'll touch on it on the next one. Um, like how it affected my me in my adult years like yeah. like my going into it i look i would say i would say the biggest thing would be um rejection the rejection that i'd felt constantly really um impacted the way that i then carried out my relationships mm. So that would be the biggest one where I I found myself having dysfunctional patterns. That would be the number one. And the second one would be that fear that I had of how am I ever going to make a relationship work when I've never Mm. seen one myself. I've seen nothing but like just crazy Mm. dysfunction. And so those two things affected me the most. I find that so funny because that's like – a lot of, I don't, that's yours that's mine mm. um a lot of us with no with a single parent household really have the, the similar we call it pain-based behaviors at work but what do you call it pain-based behaviors pain-based behaviors yeah, um, i like that so that I, i'm sorry i'm so shocked how like mm. relatable well, that's it, is, it, right? it it's For kind me. of is cut and dry across the board yeah like, it it is really a matter of if A happens, then B is sure to follow. Yeah. Like it really is. And I think a lot of the times in the generation that we live in, we all want to make excuses and we For all sure. want to have, oh, I am this way because of, you know, this is just who I am. I'm a Sagittarius or whatever. But it's like, no, A happened and mm-hmm. so B must follow. Like mm. I think it's, it's kind of like that. I think we've degree. got shared experience, even though our stories might look slightly different, right? Anyone from a broken home, that's why you're saying it's so relatable. We've mm. all got shared yeah. um, shared that the experiences of how we felt and what it, the impact it had is the same. So when I went and shared about my story at the South Australian Youth Alive conference mm. and then I did an older call, I mean, the kids came flooding to the front. Yeah, They're like, sure. no one's ever talked about this. It's like you understand my story. It's like you've grown up with me and I'm like, but I did. Yeah. Because... The impact is the yeah. same for all of us, even if the details look a little totally. bit different. And it's funny when it comes to rejection and that sort of thing as well, you know, like, um, and that's probably one of the things that I have to battle through um, the most is mm. is the need for um, uh, for somebody to, I guess, encourage me or mm-hmm. cause it, because of that sense of rejection, mm. mm-hmm. I'm so scared and and don't like the feeling of being rejected that sometimes i find myself doing things and acting certain ways to get yep. uh, a praise of encouragement or something like that like i find within my own family and things like that and and um and when people do encourage me like you know a cam or renee mm. for instance when i do get encouraged man it's like 
amazing it feels great like, <laughs> yeah. you do have to yeah. be careful with those types of those things but so, that comes from not having a dad do, do you think mm. that also um i'm not i'm not sure about you guys but we are all creatives but for me um i think it also adds because i am a creative that i have very critical thinking of myself does that make sense mm-hmm. like very um yep. like if i do something wrong i'm gonna pull myself down a lot yeah like does that i feel like that's an outsource of what you were just saying yeah um, no th- i definitely experienced that too but yeah. also then through journeying through life a little bit too you you do learn to um Ex- i guess yeah. silence those voices it's not accepting and be like oh yeah but um, you know why we're hard on ourselves? because out of rejection comes a sense of perfectionism so that if i'm perfect no one else can reject me if i don't give you a reason to then you can't reject me so it's a form of self-protection and it comes out in different ways so sounds like yours i'm very much like that Mm. perfectionism yours might be a little bit different um it rejection come plays out in different ways Mm. in different people but it's still a root of rejection for me um a lot of what how it played out for me was I became a bit of a serial liar. Wow. So I would... Good to know. No, this was when I was a kid. This is oh. when I was a kid. <laughs> okay, can we believe anything he says So, So when I was a kid, I used to say things that weren't true because yeah. I knew that's what my mum or people around me wanted right. to hear. Mm. And, and, if they, and if they heard that, then they would say nice things. Mm. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't necessarily feel the need to perform perfectionism but i definitely learned how to feign it to talk it right yeah, wow um right but yeah it's all kind of similar it, it, it is it all source the sources from the one thing but right? then yeah. but then uh, even that then I look at stories of jesus in the bible and well mm. he cursed the fig tree and the reason he cursed the fig tree in the bible and the fig tree died was because the fig tree was showing signs of having fruit but didn't have fruit the mm. tree had bad leaves mm. and if Blossoms, it, but no fruit. And it had no fruit. And so Jesus was essentially saying, you know, this is the type of life that I detest. <laughs> yes. The, but that's the kind of life that I was living was mm. that I, I knew how to show signs of fruit, but mm-hmm. there was no fruit. Yeah. Um, and that's been the biggest battle for me in fatherlessness, I think, has been learning to bear real fruit because I've never seen real fruit been bared in the first place. Yeah. Anyways, mm. that's just yeah, that's sorry. just me. That went a little bit deep, but Ooh, yeah, deep, I was about to cry. Yeah, no, so yeah. um, now that's amazing, Renee, mm. and and to see where you are now. What would you just in I guess bringing this episode to a close? Mm. Um, and we've kind of you know said God is a big reason. I think it's going to be similar, but if we could be a little bit more specific, what do you think the one thing has been that helped you the most in navigating this whole um, idea and concept of fatherlessness? Mm. I would have to say, I mean, obviously, like, yeah. It can be God. If we're going to, well, of course, of course, God. Finding, but what God brought into my life, there's a scripture that says that, um, that he puts the solitary in homes and he gives, he's close to the broken heart. He puts the solitary in homes and gives them a family. The church for me, became my family and Mm. so having people in my life who really genuinely loved me that is what changed the whole trajectory of my life Mm. the church being the church so you know when I think about I talked about my spiritual mum and dad before um, 
I was a leader in the youth ministry and they were my youth pastors. But the amount of times that they would just go, hey, on a Sunday, what are you doing for lunch today? Mm. Come home with us. And I remember oftentimes just sitting in the backseat of their car, driving to their house and just in my brain thinking, I feel like I'm with my mum and dad. And I would observe their marriage and what they didn't have kids at the time. I would observe them like I was a hungry, starving person. Mm. And I just watched everything that they did. I would watch them talk in the car. I'd watch them at home while they were cooking lunch. And I'd have lunch or dinner with them. That was so healing for me. Mm. They were my people. Mm. And That's I just, so you know, I, I never went to counseling, by the way. Mm. I never went and saw a so My mum tried. When I was about 10, my mum tried to make me have an appointment with a psychologist. I hated it. Mm. Yeah. Hated it. This guy in his 40s. And I was like, oh, you're yeah. creepy to me. <laughs> Why am I going to tell you how I feel? I don't even know how I feel. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And so for me, the one big thing was obviously God, but what God brought into my life mm. And that feeling of belonging and people that loved me. And I would just talk with them and just chat and just watching them and watching what could be yeah, well, gave me so much hope. That's amazing. That's why often like even at church now, you know, Cameron would often like grab my hand and just for a second or, you know, worship together or whatever. And mm. I'm so aware, like I know I've had people in the past that are like, oh, if you're dating someone and you're in the youth group, you shouldn't show any affection for each other in the youth group. I'm like, rubbish. I mean, do it in a healthy way. Don't be weird. <laughs> yeah, don't but be like, weird. Yeah. Don't be sitting weird. on each other's lap in the middle of the youth service. That's yeah, don't do that. Time. No, no. But people <laughs> yeah. like me were watching people like Cameron and I now. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that that gave me so much hope yeah. for, mm. for the future. Healthy love touches. <laughs> I like yeah. that. And, no, and that gave me a place to help process as well. And just being open and knowing I had to deal with stuff was yeah. really key. But I had a healthy environment to, yeah. to do that. And then just often I'd be like, God, I have no idea how to heal from all this, but you know. Mm. So here's my heart. Help me. That was often my prayer. Just, Lord, help me. I don't want to repeat this in my future. Help. Yeah, wow. And then from, just quickly, mm. when you pray that prayer to God and you say, God, help me, what's next? How do you how do you position yourself to be helped by God? You know, the Bible, um, there's this amazing um, parable, I was going to say proverb, parable about the talents that were given and what we do with it. I knew that as much as I say, God, help me, that then I've got a personal responsibility to be open to that. So mm. I position myself by putting myself around good people mm. and putting myself in the house of God. And I always was like, what's my personal responsibility here? Mm. And God was just always so good to me, like... I don't know, I look back and he gave me so many opportunities to have conversations like with my mm. youth pastors, for example, mm. um, where I didn't shy away from them. I was very, very willing to deal with my stuff. So I would actively seek out, mm. um, particularly my youth pastor's wife, I would actively seek her out and I'd be like, hey, Sam, um, I really am struggling in this area right now. Like, can I just chat with you? And I would just go and I, I remember mm. rocking up on her doorstep numerous times. Mm. So I sought it out. Mm. 
I think that's key. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's really good. Well, th- this has been an amazing yeah, episode. Hearing your story, we've got to bring it to a close. But sure. we are going to be talking into another episode, um, and we're going to go into a little bit of the finer details, um, which is going to be amazing. But Renee, can you just let everybody know where they can find you? What the best way is to be able to follow everything that you're doing? And uh, then we'll wrap this up. Sure. Do I look into the camera? No, you can, you can do whatever <laughs> so you creepy. want. So you can find me on Girl Next Door podcast on iTunes and Spotify and then on my Instagram, girlnextdoor.podcast, where people come along and chat with me all the time. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Fantastic. And you can find us on YouTube and Spotify yes. and Instagram. Instagram. And literally everything. And literally, YouTube. Well, that's not everything. We're us. still missing Guys, a things. Guys, please ask us questions in our Instagram, in our comments. We'll try our best to answer it. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Love you all. Thanks, we'll see guys. you in the next episode. See you soon. Adios, amigos.